You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels Disney Animated Series. This is episode number 10 for the episode Idiots Array. If you're new to the show, my name is Matt, your co-host, and joining us is your host and creator, Mr. Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? We finally got through this intro. I'm sorry for taking so long. <laughs> yeah. I've been yeah, tongue-tied well, all day here. All, we're... All uh, we're all what backwards and forwards because it's uh, it's a Friday as we record this, uh, yeah, which is man, I don't think we've ever recorded on a Friday. No, no, it's I don't it's, think that's uh, ever happened. So uh, we're breaking yeah. new ground, exciting <laughs> new ground here. Our first week, uh, our first official week uh, post Thunderquack Podcast yes. Network launch. Right. Uh, very exciting. Uh, thank you so much to everybody. Who has gone to patreon.com slash thunderquack and contributed, oh, uh, yeah. pledged your support uh, for Thunderquack and all of the awesome podcasts that we create. Not just the Rebels podcast, but also here, I'm going to do the whole list. We have the Rebels podcast. We have, of course, Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. And Star Wars, the saga continues where you get all your latest and greatest Star Wars news from Tim and Kyle. Uh, and Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, as well as uh, the Pullbox podcast. Uh, and, uh, and, and the most exciting part is that we hit our goal of $100. Yes. Uh, we, actually, we actually hit that and went past it. And, uh, and that means that uh, there is a new podcast coming, uh, irregularly scheduled, which will be a podcast where I talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, and nice. uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really excited about it. Um, and uh, and we couldn't do that. We couldn't bring that to uh, to our our cherished listening audience without, without their support. So uh, that's patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, you can chip in for as little as a dollar. And uh, and you're and you're helping to support us uh, making these uh, these podcasts that that I that I hope that you that you enjoy. I think everybody who listens enjoys for the most part. Um, 
But uh, just a, a really cool bonus that you can get. If you support at that uh, $5 or above, you can uh, join us in the exclusive uh, Super Elite, uh, Super Special uh, uh, Thunder Quack Patreon Club on Facebook, which is a Facebook group just for our Patreon supporters, where uh, where you can basically pop in and have conversations with uh, with all of your favorite hosts from the different Thunderquack podcasts in our network. So uh, it's uh, I think that's that's one of the best values. Uh, and then in particular for Star Wars Rebels and the Rebels podcast fans, uh, at the $10 level, you get uh, early access. That means you get uh, uh, access to a download link of the episode as soon as it's done being edited. Uh, a day before it gets posted online because generally what I'll do is I'll, I'll edit these uh, in the evening after work and then and then post them the next morning uh, right. uh, or, or sometimes like uh, like around lunch mm-hmm. um, just so that uh, people people see it in their Facebook feeds and their Twitter feeds and whatnot. So what that means is that as soon as I am done, uh, usually around like a seven o'clock or eight o'clock uh, the night before, it's normally released. You will get a, a, a link to that download and be able to listen to uh, the Rebels podcast early. Um, we also have one of those for Quiver, uh, and we actually have one that's a combo that if you want both of them, you can get both of them together. So uh, that's at patreon.com slash thunderquack. And, uh, and that is all I'm going to say, except uh, to assuage some fears so that everybody is is very clear. Everything we do at Thunderquack will always be 100% free, uh, mm. just like it always mm. has been. Uh, the podcast will always, always, always be 100% free. But if you do want to help us bring these podcasts to you guys, uh, then then we greatly appreciate the support over at Patreon. Uh, and it is oh, totally yeah. optional, but I think that there are some pretty, I think there's some pretty good rewards in there. For people to take advantage of if they if you have the uh the uh let's say disposable income to to spare for that um mm-hmm. and if you don't there that is not a problem uh we will continue to bring you awesome podcasts uh, just like we always have and uh, we always will like i said a hundred percent free yeah uh, but thank you to everybody that has contributed so far and uh and and head to head, just head to thunderquack.com and you can check out all of our other podcasts and uh, and get news about upcoming podcasts, as well as you know you get news of just about sort of the, our podcasting community that we're a part of outside of Thunderquack as well. Right. Um, you'll hear about about what uh, what Steve's up to over at Goliverse if he's got something to tell you guys about. Uh, you'll hear about the the stuff that that uh, one of our one of our listeners, Andy, who uh, who also has a bunch of podcasts himself. He just actually, as we're recording this tonight, he just launched his new Supergirl, Supergirl podcast, right? yeah, uh, Supergirl Radio. So uh, news like that can be found at thunderquack.com, which is kind of your hub to jump into all of our different podcasts. So now I don't have to give you guys a bunch of links to a bunch of different stuff. Right. You just uh, you just go to thunderquack.com and and you can head from there yeah. to uh, hours and hours of awesome podcasty goodness. I just have to say before we start is like yeah, just a huge thanks and mm-hmm. if anybody out there is going to be that's that's donated, if you're going to be in celebration, come find me cuz I will buy you some Jawa juice. 
That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So yes. So look out for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, celebration fast approaching. Yeah. And uh, and and you guys let us know if you're going to be at celebration. Um, and, uh, and we will, we should actually try and organize something, uh, uh, with, with the listeners. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be lots of opportunities for everybody to, uh, to, to meet and greet and all of that sort of stuff. But, I uh, but yeah, we'll, we should try and try and figure out a day and time for everybody to, for sure. Yeah. To get together. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's people out there who would appreciate that. So yeah, we'll, definitely. Uh, we haven't really talked about it yet, but but it's a, we're we're still trying to figure out where we're staying. <laughs> <laughs> we're still working on the details ourselves. Yeah, but yeah. we're almost there. We've almost got that nailed down. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well, let's head on over and see what's going on in the news. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. Rebel base in range. You rebel scum. So, Mike, before we start the news real quick, too, I have to let everybody know that um, you kind of cheated on us a little bit yesterday. Uh, on their- <laughs> yes. No, hey, but seriously, though, if you want to get another take of the Rebels podcast or, uh, the you know, the Rebels show, you were actually a guest on uh, on Steve Lawson's um, uh, show, Rebel Yell. So, yes, anybody out there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I went over there and I talked Idiots Array with them. And, uh, and, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a good time. I, I was actually also on Geek Out Loud this week, um, which, uh, both of those episodes are up right now. So you can head to, head to geekoutpodcast.com and, uh, and find all of the links for that. Or just, I mean, I've, I've, I've retweeted them all on Twitter and stuff. Everybody probably already knows by now, Yeah. but, good time. but yeah, yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun talking talking uh, uh rebels i uh, it was it was cool to hear some other viewpoints uh, i right. very different very different format from what we do right it's much more just sort of like conversational yeah we have i haven't even listened yet because i didn't want to taint any uh any, any yeah. my thoughts yeah. or, or hear what you had to say so i i haven't even got a chance to listen to it yet but uh hey 2015 mike 2015 big year yes. in star wars okay we got celebration coming we got rebels of course uh, we're deep into right now we got of course the Force Awakens in December, and we have comic books. And the first of a, a big bunch of comic books is released already, which is obviously Star Wars number one by Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. But I guess we got our first look at the comic called uh, the Canaan comic, which is uh, where he's a Padawan. And we got mm-hmm. some sketches of what Kanan is going to look like in the comic book as well. And uh, just a few little tidbits. Uh, he's an Order sixty six survivor, of course, and we're gonna looks like we're gonna follow the story of Kanan, a young Kanan. And this series is coming in. It's called Kanan: The Last Padawan. Mm-hmm. It's coming in April. Yes. So we got a bunch of stuff. And here's what. Here's the thing. Like at first, I wasn't like really like. I was like really excited. I was like, okay, cool. No big. You know, I'll check it out when it comes out. But yeah, seeing what happened with Star Wars number one with Jason Aaron, and it seems like Marvel is bringing out the big guns for the Star Wars stuff. I mean, they got La Roca doing some art. They got Mark Wade writing. They got Aaron writing. They got some good 
good people behind this. I mean, big big time stars behind uh, Star Wars, and I'm just excited to see what they're going to do with Kanan here because everything is going through the story group. So uh, after reading Star Wars number one, I'm I'm pretty excited to where Marvel's going. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, this is uh, this is looking uh, really fantastic. Actually, sort of exceeding my expectations mm-hmm. um, in in terms of uh, of of the art and uh, and and what what we're looking at uh, uh, the the these sort of concept sketches that we've seen of of Kanan, uh, they look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I don't know, like I, comics. I'm I'm a little bit uh, yeah yeah it has to be a fantastic like 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 super good writer mm-hmm. uh, in order for me to overlook art. Um, okay. But uh, art is kind of because it's half of that medium, right? If not a little bit more, it's one of the most important parts of that storytelling. So I uh, when the art is not quite there, I'm not quite there with it. But when the art is and these sketches, I mean, like these sketches look like they could be for a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, these these character concepts for what Kanan is going to look like. I, mean, I just think that they're fantastic. It's got such a cool feel to it, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I am like I'm excited to learn more about Kanan. I'm glad that we're getting more of his story. Uh, he right. is, I think, I think he's my favorite character uh, in the series. I, I I'm just I'm so fascinated by him because. Um, there's so much of all of the characters in the series. There's so much going on inside Kanan's head, mm-hmm. and and uh, if you haven't read A New Dawn, I highly recommend picking that up and reading that. Um, uh, plot wise, I felt that it was a little bit flat. I, I I didn't really care about what was happening in the story as much as mm-hmm. I just wanted to know more about a couple of the characters, particularly Kanan and Hera. Um, and and sort of get to know those characters and and uh, what makes them tick and and I'm really excited to see especially after last the last episode after Path of the Jedi mm-hmm. how Kanan got from Jedi Padawan mm-hmm. to where we pick up with him in in a new dawn which is kind of at this point I mean at the, the beginning of a new dawn you you get like a chapter of of Kanan as a kid uh basically mm-hmm. right before this um and actually an interaction with Obi-Wan um that is really good that's fantastic uh and then you jump to him being a little bit older and it's a few years before Star Wars Rebels starts um but but there's still a lot of missing years in there and this comic's gonna gonna delve right into that so I'm, I'm really excited about it because it sounds like They've got a cool story that they want to tell that's going to tie right into Star Wars Rebels and be, like you said, this is the story group. This is this is the official canon story of, right. of Kanan's youth. So uh, with that and then with this fantastic art that we're seeing, uh, I don't know, I, there's uh, the, the, you, you can't you kind of can't lose with it. Right. Yeah. So, so in I'm the book. Really in the book, I mean, they're talking about it right here that he was known as Caleb uh, Doom or Doom Air, yes. I guess. Uh, is is that referenced in the book? Yeah, that's in that's right there in uh, in a new dawn. Uh, Caleb, okay, Doom, that's his name. Does it explain why he was he changed his name, or or may we see that in this comic book? Yeah, because um, there's a little bit more about. Uh, it's kind of like I, I we see 
we see the tail end of Obi-Wan putting the message into the, into the, the beacon. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we figured that out by way of, of star Wars rebels, but there are, there was sort of, it was kind of codified. Like there's, there are things that, that, uh, that Obi-Wan says that only a Jedi would understand. Um, and he kind of talks about it a little bit in, in a new dawn. And then there's also, there's also other lessons, right? Like the, the, the whole concept, this is like the first chapter of a new dawn, the whole concept that I, I, that the beacon would warn people to stay away from, from the, the temple is not something that Obi-Wan comes up with in the moment. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's not quite a protocol, but it's like, it is a thing that the Jedi have considered. If, if the temple were to be compromised in some way, I, I, for example, in the, in the way that it is in, in the, in the sense that, that, uh, Anakin uses it and, and Palpatine obviously use it to try and lure people into the trap. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, then it needs to be used the other way as well. And what happens in that instance? So, so the Jedi are actually somewhat prepared. They're not quite prepared enough, but as in particular, certain Jedi, there's a whole, like I said, there's a, there's an interaction between Obi-Wan and, and Kanan or Caleb as he was at that point where they, they basically have a conversation about these concepts and the fact that Kanan thinks about that is exactly why he survived Mm. so it it kind of actually informs the character a little bit and and you start to see just why kanan is still around when so many other jedi are not right Mm. um okay because even as a even as a youngling before he was a padawan he was he was already sort of thinking about this survival aspect and thinking differently than some of the other Jedi, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, I, like I said, the story group and and what I've read from Star Wars already, I'm like, man, Marvel's Marvel's jumping out of the gate, uh, you know, get, yeah, guns blazing. So it's it's cool. Yeah, uh, there's there's this book and then the Princess Leia book that I'm also really excited. Yeah. about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Princess Leia one looks fantastic. I mean, I, I, the Dodsons are, are are some of my favorite uh, comic mm-hmm. book artists, so I'm I'm really excited about that Princess Leia book. Yeah, definitely. Mark Way's right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that, look for that in April. Uh, anything else going on you want to talk about, Mike? Before we hit the recap, uh, you know, you know, there was a little bit of Episode Seven news uh, that was kind of out there. I talked a little bit about about it on Geek Out Loud. So you jump over there and hear a little bit more of what I have to say. But I just want to put this out there for all of our Rebels podcast listeners. Uh, The media, especially mainstream media, really, really wants to talk about Star Wars. Because every Mm -hmm. time they post a story about Star Wars, they get millions and millions of hits on their websites. So when there's this little tiny bit of information, like, for instance, George Lucas sort of not offhand i mean he was asked a direct question but i making a comment like it doesn't look like they're using any of my story um that is then twisted by all these different places uh and and reported as disney throwing away george lucas's story treatment um Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't want, we don't need to talk about that specifically because there's all sorts of if you're a rebels fan if you're a clone wars fan you know that nothing in star wars ever gets thrown away it just gets put aside and used later <laughs> so used later yeah, yeah yeah like uh every single piece of the buffalo gets used right um mm-hmm. but i i this this attitude that mainstream media has towards Star Wars, where they'll take a very innocuous thing, and I think I've made jokes about it before, that, you know, like, next week, John Boyega will eat a tuna sandwich, and then all of a sudden, there will be articles about how uh, Admiral Akbar won't be in, in Episode Seven, right? And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how they took the leap from from somebody eating a sandwich to Admiral Akbar. Uh, maybe because it was tuna, right? Like that's right. that's a, is, that's obviously a, an exaggeration, but uh, but I think everybody kind of gets my my drift on this one. Is that like don't I think don't feed into it. And Star Wars is not the only thing that this happens with. It happens with kind of everything, right? Um, yeah. The the twenty four hour news cycle means that that these news outlets are just hungry for oh, stories yeah. yeah uh and when they can't find a story they'll just generate one and and what happens is is a less reputable place uh, uh a random internet site that doesn't really have any journalistic integrity will write up a story from a certain point of view and then reputable places will start running with that not having actually read the original source and, and I think that this is a like we're in a weird growth period in 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 journalism. Uh, I say all of that to say, if you want the best, cleanest, most clear and concise Star Wars news, especially when it comes to the pre to the sequel trilogy, I I think the best place to go is StarWarsTSC.com. That's mm-hmm. the Saga Continues website that, that Tim runs. Obviously, if you want your Rebel stuff, you come to Rebels Podcast, but it's all done by Tim. And Tim just reports the facts. Like, like he he will put, like, a, a, maybe a brief paragraph at the beginning or at the end just sort of, like, saying this is, this is sort of what we think um, or this is how we feel. But, I mean, he saves the opinion stuff for the podcast. For discussion and discourse where we can actually dive into stuff just mm-hmm. just like matt and i do on, on rebels right so uh, i it i i think that like you have to you have to take into consideration where you're getting your news from um and next week when somebody says something offhanded oscar isaac says that uh he wore brown boots yeah, in his costume, and then you know, uh, all of a sudden, MTV is reporting that that no character will ever wear black boots in the Star Wars saga ever again. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like just just sort of like shrug it off, and uh, and and read the original sources. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Most of all, don't worry about it. Yeah, we're we're Star Wars fans. I, <laughs> you know what. <laughs> It cannot be worse than those droids episodes in season five of Clone Wars. <laughs> if we sat yeah. through that two hours, mm-hmm. I think we'll be fine no yeah. matter what comes December fifteenth. Yeah. So, sorry, December eighteenth. Um, right, it's all gonna be good, and we're gonna have a good time with it. It's gonna be fun. It's Star Wars, and uh, and man, I mean. That 88 seconds is all we need to see right now to know that everything is on course for a for an awesome movie. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so maybe just like when you see those articles, resist the urge to click through. Just resist it. Just yeah. kind of move. I didn't on. even look. I didn't even look, Mike. I. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's all about getting getting clicks on your page. Yeah. Um, and if you can get, let's let's face it, Star Wars is going to be the biggest thing. No yeah. disrespect to Age of Ultron, but it is, and everybody's clamoring for it. And everybody wants to get news about it. And yeah. if you can get that and Lucas and and do some kind of story where like, oh man, Lucas is mad at. It's like yeah. no, you know, come on, this dude. He's done with Star Wars. He's given it over. That's his baby. It's grown up now, and he's he's letting it go. And he just wants yeah. to be a fan now. He just wants to. And this is one of the things that I kind of like. I never even realized until he said it one time. It's like he's never got to experience Star Wars like all of us other people have, like the normal public. Go to a theater and just look and watch something for the first time and just be amazed by it. He's always been, obviously, you know, he's the man. And he's never got to experience So let him just do his thing and experience it yeah. like the rest of us. Because that's what he wants to do. And, uh, and, and like you said, don't, <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't believe everything you read on the internet anymore. That's for damn yes, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. So with that, let's get into some rebels. Jedi Master Luminato and Julia, he's been in prison somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Use the force. Ezra, your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right, Mike, let me... uh start this off here this is idiots array and yes. inside old jeho yo's cantina i'm not sure how you said that on the ball zeb plays an intense game of sabacc against the smooth talking scoundrel lando calrissian when zeb runs out of money he bets chopper against lando's spot uh, lando's pile of credits kanan protests but changes his mind when he sees the cards in zeb's hand in need of credits and confident that Zeb can't lose, Can tells him to make the bet. Zeb lays down his cards, revealing a hand of Sabacc, but Lando trumps him with an idiot's array, the best possible hand in the game. Kanan, Zeb, and Chopper return to the ghost. Kanan introduced the rest of the, the rest of the crew to Lando, who hires them to help him retrieve some valuable cargo and smuggle it past the Imperial blockade around Lothal. Hera is furious when she learns that Zeb and Kanan lost Chopper in a bet, but Lando agrees to return the droid as part of his play, uh, payment once the job is completed. The ghost takes off and jumps into hyperspace. So, Mike, here we go. We got Lando back. We got the smooth, sultry tones of Lando, but I'll have to say, Mike, all that still couldn't really save this episode for me. I, I thought it was, a, it was an okay episode. It had some really good, funny moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some things that you really had to pay attention to, um, but like, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of one of those episodes where it was cool. You get to see Lando, but it didn't really excite me that much. But I did appreciate some of the comedy of where it was coming from and and some of the subtle things they did with that. But here we got we got some Sabacc, uh, uh, Mike. First time we've seen that, and it, you kind of equate it to kind of a poker type game. You know, he, 
Zeb thought he had the best hand, which is Sabak, which is a really great hand, apparently. And Lando has the Idiot's Ray, which I, which if I know right, if I've read right, there's only two Idiots in a deck of Sabak. So the chances of getting an Idiot's Ray are pretty astronomical. It's like getting like a Royal Flush or something like that in poker. Yeah. So he actually gets it. Whether he cheated or not, I don't know. Maybe maybe Lando's just a great card player. But uh, he's able to get Chopper as as well too so and, and it wasn't really good poker um kind of a i guess you'd call it a poker or a sabak face from yeah. zeb and kanan because they're right in front of everybody's like whoa good hand you know yeah so uh but you know what hey you know lando he was great you know uh, billy d sounded fantastic uh what did you think mike yeah well first i'll i'll i'll, I'll explain sabak and, okay, and how good. it how it works for okay. everybody uh, all of the cards in the in the deck have different values um uh, ranging like in d- uh, different amounts right and uh, the goal of the game a lot like blackjack actually is to get to 23 okay so that's you want all your cards to to add up to 23 if they add up to 23 that's that's a that's sabak that that's the that's the game right you win um, the only way to beat Sabak is with an Idiot's Array, mm-hmm. and that is instead of getting the cards that add up to 23, your three cards 20, right. are 0, 2, and 3. So I think, like, uh, uh, if I had to guess, uh, then the, the zeros are probably, there's probably only two, t- those would obviously be the Idiot, right? Uh, there's only two of those in a deck. Right. Um, so like that, there's a, there's an old, uh, uh, set of rules from, uh, from a role-playing book from an old West end games role-playing book, um, from back in the day that actually came with like cards and everything so that you could play it. Um, the hope is that, is that they will release an actual Sabak deck so that we can yeah. actually play this game. How cool would it be to play this at star Wars celebration? Yes. Um, I I mean it would be the greatest, but the one thing about about Sabic that that makes it Star Wars is that the cards are actually uh, every card is actually like a small electronic device, so they can they there's a I guess there's like a phase uh, sh- like a shift phase or something like that where your cards can change in your hand, uh, and and I don't know all of the the specific rules on that because obviously it's a made up fictional game mm-hmm. but uh but there's something and and they didn't get into the details of it right but uh but yeah it's it's very interesting uh i i thought I, the exact same thing that you did about the beginning of this uh that that it was a very bad uh poker moment <laughs> yeah um but that said i mean it i i still really enjoyed the episode um i i thought that it was a lot of fun uh, I thought it was nice to take a little breather um, from the from the intensity of the last mm-hmm. uh, I, a few weeks. Um, I sort of let's ignore the Inquisitor for a week. I get a couple of episodes out of that. Um, I think I think one of the problems is that I I we don't want the we've talked about this before. We don't want the Inquisitor to be like General Grievous was. Right. right, where where very early on in the series we got sick and tired of General Grievous getting beaten by these guys. Like, how many times can he be beaten and still be scary in Episode Three? Right. Um, so I think what they're trying to do with the Inquisitor 
I really, I guess we've only faced down with him twice, right? Like that's kind of where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those times, our heroes are the ones who had to cut and run. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, I, I mean, there's something to be said. Ezra kind of defeated him, I guess, in a manner of speaking, in in that episode before the mid-season finale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, in, in, with the with the 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 fear knock or knock fur or whatever it was called. Oh, uh, fear knock. Fear yeah. Knock, yeah. I, yeah. In uh, in in true in yeah. episode. Yeah. I. Um. But I mean, it was kind of, kind of not a victory and kind of just a, a stall tactic to get away, right? So I. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't know I I, I think uh, I think it's a good idea to sort of stay away from the empire for, for an episode or two. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they didn't stay entirely away. There was still some, uh, uh, conflict there, but not with the inquisitor or, or, um, or agent Callus specifically, like let's save those for important episodes. Right. Like, so, so right. I don't like, I thought, I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool introducing a little bit more of the, uh, of the, the sort of, uh, smugglers aspect mm-hmm. of the, of the galaxy. Um, a little bit more of this black market stuff. I think it's important that, that we see just how the rebel crew, the, the crew of the ghost operates, on a regular basis, I, I think that that was really important, and I think mm-hmm. it was good to see to see that element um, a little bit more because because it's kind of it's kind of actually been lacking a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. they've been so busy fighting the empire, uh, trying to stay a, a step ahead of that, that they they obviously fallen behind on uh, on fuel and credits. So I don't know. I think it's important oh, yeah, that, yeah. that for a couple episodes we sort of see how they operate and see a little bit more of the characters rather than plot. Uh, yeah. And I think we finally got to see a little bit of Hera, uh, and and her her what makes up her character in mm-hmm. this episode. And I think that that's been sorely uh, lacking in the series so far. We've really just gotten the one episode with with Hera and Sabine, but that was much more about Sabine than it was Hera. So. Yeah. So no, I, yeah. I thought it was good. But. Yeah, no, I, I, it's not one of my favorites, but like I said, there was definitely some, some cool parts and some, some funny yeah. moments. And and hey, Lando, um, in this episode, I mean, he's like full on pimp mode right now. You know, I mean, he's even going after like he's going after Harry. You know, he's talking to her all, all suave. Yes. He's, got, he's got the charm going, the charisma going. Even he's even like sweet talking chopper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, can, why don't you go fix that thing for me, brother? You know. So, yeah, so he's just, he's just full on. So I, I kind of I, I thought that was pretty funny too to, to watch him do all that. So uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Yeah, uh, here we go. Uh, uh, en route to meet Lando's contact, Ezra teases Zeb about losing Chopper, but Zeb suspects Calrissian may have cheated to win the game. Meanwhile, Chopper gives their guests a tour of the ship, and Lando makes Ezra jealous by eloquently praising some of Sabine's artwork. The ghost emerges from hyperspace and docks with a larger cargo vessel. Lando takes Kanan and Hera aboard to meet his contact and points out the ship's escape pods in case anything goes wrong. So there was a quick moment in here with 
with uh, Ezra. He had kind of a turnaround. He's like, hey, you know, this guy's pretty cool. And Zev was like, nah, I don't know about this dude. And then as soon yeah. as he starts hitting on Sabine, uh, you know, here's here's uh, uh, Ezra going, ah, I don't like that guy anymore. You know, yeah. so cool little yeah. turnaround. You know, funny moments like that. I thought thought were were pretty good. But yeah, he's even going after uh, Sabine. So man, uh, he don't he don't mess around. He don't waste any time. Uh, <laughs> mercenary guards bring the three of them to meet as Morgan, uh, a repulsive red skinned goblin like alien merchant. As Morgan has the goods that Lando came for, and Lando offers him Hera in exchange. Kanan indignantly objects, but Hera reluctantly agrees to play along. Their host accepts the trade, and Lando and Kanan leave with a large crate and return to the ghost. Lando says that the crate contains sophisticated mining equipment, and he tells the curious crew not to open it under any circumstances. I have what you ordered. What do you have to offer in return? Her name is Hera. What? You can't do this. Trust me. Hera! A deal's a deal, Kanan. Well, her attire is uh, preposterous, but the trade is... Um, is acceptable. Thank you, Lord Calrissian, for delivering me to my new master. I must find a way to repay you. Please, don't let it concern you. Uh, enough prattle. Uh, you disturbed my supper. <coughs> Take your cargo and go. As always, as Morgan, a pleasure doing business with you. about Hera, Lando. Hera is following the plan, which is what we should be doing if we want to get her back. Where's Hera? What plan is she following? I told her to take an escape pod. You never told her that. I did actually. Weren't you paying attention? Besides, Hera strikes me as very capable. We are lucky to have a captain like her. I know that. Wait, what do you mean, we? Quite a day you're having. First you lose Chopper, now Hera. So, here's, here we go, Mike. This is pretty funny because um, here's Hera kind of getting just thrust into a situation, and she's able to roll with yeah. it. And, and, you know, here's the thing, too. Of course, as Morgan, he's played, and I immediately recognize the voice. I believe it's James Hong, but I know the voice from Big Trouble in China. I mean, yes. one of his big, big things. But, yeah, he's playing this guy, and it works with Hera because at first you're thinking, wait a minute, how could he be so gullible into, into the saying – you know, oh, Hera, sure, I'll take her. Because uh, seem to forget that most of the time you'll see uh, Twi'leks as the the slave types. You know, the slave. It seems like they're traded a lot or used a lot yeah. as slaves. So it, it kind of made sense that they would use Hera in that particular situation. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Hera is able to uh, to just roll with the punches, and she'll, she, you know, she's she's kind of given uh, Lando a little bit of uh, hint that. You know, this isn't cool, but I'm going to roll with it. So, uh, but it worked though. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that this was one of the one of the funnier parts of the episode. I really liked it. James Hong, obviously, uh, a fantastic 
yeah. uh, veteran actor. I uh, uh, great to hear him in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, an awesome vocal performance. So you know, it, I was really surprised because in an episode where we're getting Billy D, I didn't really expect to get any <laughs> anybody else. Yeah, uh, any other sort of celebrity guess but uh but but there it was and 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 uh and i really enjoyed him um and, and i really enjoyed like i said getting to see more of hera mm-hmm. um and having her part be uh, a a little bit more expanded from just the the uh you know uh, ace pilot sort of role that that she she falls into in every episode mm-hmm. so it was I, I don't know to me it was uh it was really nice for a change for her to get to do something for us to get to see a little bit of her, um, uh, stretch her legs. <laughs> I guess she's, <laughs> she's actually outside of the ghost. For yeah. A change, yeah. Uh, which was really nice. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and Lando, uh, cannot be trusted obviously up to his old tricks. Yeah. Uh, uh, the idea that Zeb thinks that he cheated. Um, I, I, I think that that's, uh, I think that's probably a pretty good, a pretty a pretty safe bet uh, uh lando needed a ship and uh in order to do this and uh, and and here he gets he gets to hire a crew without having to pay for it so <laughs> yeah he knows his stuff man he's yeah he's and and somebody was talking about like the time frame like obviously he doesn't have the the falcon yet yes so. uh well no see i would put this at at, we're five years or before he did. Hope. Yeah, so it, he's already lost. He's it already lost mind. it. Right. That's what my I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is that I I this is soon after he lost it to Han. Right. And uh, there were one of the reasons why. I mean, he's 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 a card shark, right? Like that's his. He's a smuggler, card player. Uh, that's his whole deal. Um, so I I I think that that he's sort of I. Uh, right off losing the the uh the the falcon to han and uh, and that's why he's here playing sabak and uh, and yeah. and the hand that he plays is my my guess would be that that was probably the hand that han played in order to win the <laughs> yeah, falcon right and whether or not han also cheated is up for debate as well because right i don't know i think that when they're little electronic cards it would be pretty easy to uh yeah to figure that out right so <laughs> definitely definitely carter watch the sleeves man you gotta watch the sleeves. yeah yeah uh, go ahead mike <clears throat> uh meanwhile hera offers to serve her new master and she tricks the stubby alien into dismissing his guards from the room so that they can be alone she brings him a tray of fruit and beats him over the head with it as he gorges himself knocking him out uh, remembering Lando's earlier warning, Hera exits the ship in an escape pod, and Kanan picks her up with the ghost. Uh, with Asmorgan's ship bearing down on them, Kanan jumps to light speed, heading back to Lothal. In the cargo hold, Zeb's curiosity gets the better of him. He opens Lando's crate, and, small, and a small harmless-looking puffer pig wanders out. The creature squeals with fright when it sees the large Lasat standing over it and it takes off running through the ship. Zeb manages to cut off the pig's escape and picks it up, scarfing, uh, scarring further and causing it to suddenly expand to an enormous size. The giant balloon of a pig blocks the, ship, uh, blocks the ship's central corridor, leaving Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb on, the, on one side 
and Hera, Sabine, Chopper, and Lando on the other. We've reached the blockade. I could really use Hera on this side of the pig right about now. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Any idea what the Imperials are hoping to find with this blockade? Rebels? Besides that. Unauthorized mining equipment, perhaps. And why would they be looking for that? Maybe because I tried smuggling some here a week ago. Don't worry. The Imperials are scanning for equipment, machinery. But our girl here is 100% organic. Their scanners won't detect her, so long as your ship can mask its signature. You know it can't until you ask Chopper to fix it. <laughs> You're catching on. All right, my little friend. Would you like to be a hero and fix it for me? <laughs> so, Mike, uh, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling the pig thing, but... <laughs> Part of the story is, you know, he's Lando actually tried to smuggle some other like real equipment for yeah. for his mining operation, and uh, luckily he's found a, a new way to do it, a more organic way, obviously using the, the puffer pig. Uh, but again, you know, this is one of those kind of silly things. Sometimes, you know, it, it gets silly, and I know this is a, a cartoon. Uh, it just got a little too silly for me, but that's all right. I mean, there were still other things that were were great about the episode, were fun. Um, but yeah, we're starting to hear about Lando and, and some of this mining stuff because we know, of course, he's going to be ending up on uh, on Cloud City doing his thing. So uh, what do you think about the Puffer Pig? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I thought it was a cool design. Um, I thought it was a, a fun little story element. Uh, I, it really reminds me, if anybody's got the episode one art book, there are some really early sketches of Jar Jar. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has like he's got this little sort of uh, a round cat pig reptile amphibian thing with him um, that's sort of like his little sidekick that was eventually cut from the movie and I uh, I think that the puffer pig it borrows a lot of design elements from that character from that that creature that we never saw um, it feels very prequel to me mm -hmm. Um I, I like creatures. I like uh, I like little funny animals. I, uh, so for me, I don't know. Like one of my favorite things in Star Wars is always the different the different sort of beasts and that sort of thing. I I mean, it, there's obviously tons in Episode One, uh, but uh, uh, Boga from Episode Three, the Dubaks mm -hmm. in in uh, in A New Hope, uh, obviously Tauntauns. Um, uh, like all of these things, they kind of all fit into the same, into the same aspect of the, of the Star Wars galaxy, to me. So I, so I, I, I always just like it when you can expand out that world a little bit more, right? Um, and and give just another sort of like peek into what the different, you know, animals and and that sort of thing are like across the Star Wars galaxy. So. So I thought that he was really cute. I thought that he was fun. I thought that the animation on him was fantastic, and uh, and and he's more of a plot point than anything else. Mm -hmm. So I, right. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought I thought it was good. He kind of he had the same sort of attitude that I think if we saw that in a droid, nobody would have a problem with. But because it is like a little cartoon pig, right. uh, that then it's like oh, it seems kind of out of place. But if if it were a little mining droid. Uh, then people would probably not have really cared, right? right? But right. Uh, I, I, so I don't know. Maybe that, that's just my perspective. But um, 
I, it was part of the comedy of the episode. So right. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, him slapping the pig and everything. It was, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, where are we? The ghost Just, emerges. Yeah, sorry. The ghost emerges from hyperspace and approaches Lothal. Uh, with Hera unable to reach the cockpit, it's up to Kanan to get them through safely. Chopper accesses a control panel in the rear of the ghost and broadcasts a fake ID signature to fool the Imperials. Ezra tries to crawl over the puffer pig to reach Sabine, but he startles the creature again. Uh, she expands even further, sending Zeb stumbling backwards into the cockpit, where he accidentally bumps a control panel and switches off the fake ID broadcast. The Imperials immediately recognize the rebel ship and send a squad of TIE fighters to hunt them down. Kanan breaks through the blockade and enters Lothal's atmosphere with TIEs in hot pursuit. At Hera's urging, he takes cover in the clouds and loses the ties long enough to turn around and spring a surprise attack to destroy his pursuers. The ghost lands at Lando's settlement on the plains, and Calrissian explains to Hera that his puffer pig is able to detect mineral deposits more effectively than any manufactured scanner. So you were t talking earlier about Hera, and yeah. uh, and here's a, here's a spot here where... She's actually not the one doing any of the flying. She's cut off. Kanan has to do all the flying. And, of course, this is not really his ship. Obviously not as good as the Captain Hera. So, uh, But he's able to do it, man. I guess he flew a little casual for a minute there until he was, <laughs> until he was figured yeah. out, you know. And uh, the fact that they're able to, to, uh, to master signature, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but, again, another silly kind of, for me, plot device to to make them lose uh the signature and then all of a sudden they're in a dog fight but uh hey he's using the clouds he's kind of obviously he's learned from Hera some which actually no she actually told him go to the clouds right so yeah. she's she's even telling him you know how to how to deal with the ties from back behind the puffer pig so i thought it was yeah. kind of funny yeah um yeah and there was a bit of a cool i i i i guess like a um empire strikes back cloud city right sort of feel to it which i think was an intentional nod to lando um one thing that that it bothered me in the episode while i was watching it and then after i thought about it i realized what they were doing mm -hmm. and i i when when the ships fly through the clouds they don't affect any of the atmosphere and i thought like wow that was really weird like why Hmm. Why why would they cheap out on the on the animation like that? Like that is that's not what I would have expected from the Clone Wars. But what was happening there that I think is really interesting is that they were mimicking optical effects. So if you go back and you watch Empire Strikes Back, ah, I see. you watch the ships fly through the clouds. They're behind the clouds one second and then they're in front of the clouds the the next. Hmm. Like just the whole ship, right? Because they didn't really have a way... They weren't animating those clouds. The clouds were on sort of one... Uh, uh, the, when I say optical, what that means is they would basically photograph uh, a film, uh, the different elements on sort of on the... In, as, as different... Like in totally different scenarios, right? We all know what a green screen is. It's basically that. Uh, with the green screen, they then cut that out. They mat the ship mm -hmm. into another shot. But in order to do clouds, because clouds are transparent, you're basically dealing with a 
not fully opaque image, right? right? So that image can then be placed in front of the now matted out image of the Millennium Falcon. And, uh, and, and you can play that film forward and you've got those clouds there and then the Millennium Falcon coming up towards the clouds. And then at a certain point, uh, you're just going to switch them in one frame, right? And maybe like if you're really good... Uh, if you've got the time, you could do like one or two frames in between where the Falcon's kind of part way through, mm-hmm. right? Where you kind of like chop it in half and 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 do what you need to do there, um, in order to make it look like it's coming through the clouds. But more often than not, in in Empire Strikes Back, it would just be right through that cloud. Um, and it most it, this is mostly on the approach to Cloud City, um, when when they're being sort of ferried in by the cloud cars, uh, and. And that's exactly what they were going for. And I think most people are not going to notice that. And they're going to say like, oh, that was bad animation. But it's not bad animation. It's an intentional choice to mimic the way that the original trilogy looks. Hmm, And I bring that up, uh, A, so that people understand what's going on there. And B, so that they can understand and stop griping about special edition stuff. Because (laughs) in the special editions they add in a whole bunch of CG shots of the Falcon flying up to the, to cloud city. And they, they do that stuff a little bit better because it's fully CG. Right. right. Um, when people say that they, that they think that the effects in the original trilogy are, are perfect just the way that they are. They're great effects and they're totally believable. They're lying to themselves. They were absolutely breathtaking and mind-blowing for 1977 through 83 mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. today they're super old school and there's a lot there that you can sort of see the you is the strings for for lack of a better term right like you kind of you can tell that it's not real and th- that's not to say that it still doesn't look fantastic i mean return of the jedi is still incredible but there is one part in return of the jedi they didn't fix it in the blu-rays and it drives me nuts because i was really hoping with everything else that they fixed that they would fix this there's a moment sorry the lightsabers no when the in the in the battle over endor okay uh, when all the TIE fighters first, like when, when they, when they full reverse and they're heading back towards the, the star destroyers and the star destroyers launch all the interceptors, mm-hmm. they're, they're all coming at the screen and the shot is so fast and so intense. And there's so much going on that most people don't notice. And that's why this is there. Cause it's just this little shortcut that they basically, uh, they don't loop the same footage because it is two different instances of all of these fighters coming at the screen, but they cut to the fighters already sort of like in mid flight coming towards the screen. It's not like they start on an empty screen and then the fighters come in. The fighters are already there. And then a second wave comes so that it looks like there's even more fighters. And that second wave pops in. Mm. They pop in in the background. Mm-hmm. They don't come out of like they don't they don't fly from pinpoints to being fully visible. They're just like sort of smaller versions of Tie Fighters in the back that zoom towards the screen, and uh, it's a half second thing. And most people don't notice it. Now that I've pointed it out, I've probably ruined that <laughs> that half a second for a lot of people. I'm gonna go check it out right now. Yeah, but it's something that's always bothered me. It's not better than. I, I, Revenge of the Sith, where in Revenge of the Sith, everything is absolutely where it's supposed to be. And I'm, I am talking 100% 
from a special effects technical standpoint. Return of the Jedi is absolutely a better space fight, I, I start to finish, than anything else in the series. I mean, that that fight over Endor for me is is the be-all, end-all. Like, that is what I live for as a Star Wars fan. Um, and when we get little bits and bites of it in these series, uh, in, whether it's Clone Wars or Rebels, I eat it up. So this moment of, like, the dog fight in the clouds... Um, uh, it's sort of like those moments of uh, my favorite part of a new hope is the, is the cockpit, uh, the not cockpit fight, the, the, the gun, the, uh, the turret fight in on the Falcon as the Falcon mm-hmm. escapes the death star. Um, right. and then, uh, and then in, in empire, one of my favorite parts is, is, uh, and it's all cut intercut with stuff going on with Luke and stuff, but, but the, all of the stuff through the asteroid field and stuff with the Millennium Falcon. And then in Return of the Jedi, my favorite part of that movie is is Lando and Wedge in the battle over Endor. I mean, it is just... Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and and so, like, I'll say, like, the when you're talking about pacing and cinematography and the story that's actually being told, I think that, that Return of the Jedi has it, like, hands down over everything else but when you're talking about the special effects the prequels actually do a much better job of having like consistent well-placed uh uh, effects that that make sense and there's not there's no holes in it right like there's no technical glitches so i fingers crossed that that episode seven eight nine and everything moving forward we'll have all of the technical proficiency (laughs) of of uh of of the prequels when it comes to the special effects but all of the storytelling and pacing of the original trilogy right Right. so i i don't know i just thought like it's it was a thing that i noticed uh it's a bit of a weird tangent and most people aren't really going to care but but i most people probably didn't even notice that the the ghost moving through the clouds and sort of that that little sort of um technical glitch almost but like when i was watching it i turned to my wife crystal and was like that was kind of that was kind of lame like i was really looking forward to them going into the clouds and and the ghost popping out the other side of the clouds and then like wisps of cloud sort of being disturbed as it traveled through them and none of that happened and so in the moment i was like that it seems like they didn't finish right right yeah. but then it clicked for me no that's not it they because uh, because when have they ever screwed up the the effects on this series right, right? On, i shouldn't say on this series when has has joel aaron ever done <laughs> yeah. us wrong at, in regards to the visuals in any of any of the stuff that he's worked on for star wars and the simple answer to that is never everything has always been 100 percent impeccable so if they're going to make sure that the lightsabers flicker like they did in A New Hope, that the TIE Fighter explosions have no color like they did in A New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, go back and watch A New Hope, and not the special edition, but the original yeah. the original movie, the explosions are almost, like they're kind of sepia, like they're almost black and white, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really cool aspect that they pulled out and brought into it. So obviously they did that on purpose. The the thing with the clouds is 100% mimicking Empire Strikes Back. So 
if you're gonna say that, like if we're gonna go to that length to to do it wrong on purpose, then yeah. thumbs up. I'm all for it because it's they're just trying to capture the Star Wars look, and and I think that that's, I it's just a little a little flourish or lack of that uh, that that makes you recognize that these guys are just thinking about Star Wars on a level that most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, you know what? And I didn't even notice that. And, and now I'm going to have to go back since you said that and, and check that out because that you're right. That is something yeah. that only, you know, you, they're just like, that's these little, these little Easter eggs. And I don't know if you call it Easter egg, but yeah, it's something that like, wow, if you think about it and yeah. it's, so, it's funny you talked about like, the old school, you know, the OT and how they sometimes had to reuse. I mean, look at Star Wars reuse footage. Talk about um, talk about using the same footage over and over. The uh, Tuscan attack on Luke that was a like a couple frames that they just went back and forth to get him to go up and down with the with his rifle. You know what I mean? That scene where yeah. he hits Luke down and he goes. Arr! That's just the same couple of frames just rotated back and forth for a second or two. So. Um, yeah, there's all these little tricks, but uh, you're right. That was kind of a homage, I guess you'd call it too. So uh, I have to check that out now that you said that. Uh, before they can settle up on their deal, as Morgan and his guards emerge from the shadows and ambush them, the ghost crew refuse to give in to the grotesque little merchant's demands, and a shootout ensues. Ezra pulls out his newly constructed lightsaber, but Kanan warns him against revealing himself as a Jedi unless it's absolutely necessary. Rather than igniting his blade, Ezra surprises his master by firing a stun blast from the hilt, knocking out the guard. While everyone is distracted by the firefight, Chopper sneaks aboard the ghost with one of Lando's fuel canisters. As Morgan, uh, as Morgan gets the jump on Zeb and threatens to kill him unless the ghost crew hands over Lando. Harry refuses to give, uh, to give in, but Chopper comes to the rescue by firing the ghost's gun turret and knocking as Morgan off his feet. The merchant and his remaining guards flee from the settlement. So uh, here's the thing. Like, that was one of the cool moments, too, when when Kanan, um, he's done this before. Like, hey, Ezra, chill out, dude. Um, yeah. You know, this is not a, a, a moment where we need to to go full Jedi mode. You know, this this is some pity little dude that, that we can handle. We don't need to pull out the lightsaber. So uh, there was a cool little scene there like, hey cool down bro but you know what and how about this lightsaber though what's going on with this thing this thing has a little it's like stun effect to it too now <laughs> what? yeah this is whoa we're getting a little crazy with the lightsabers now mike we got you know force awakens we got the uh, broadsword lightsaber now kanan's got a lightsaber that shoots some kind of a stun thing out of it. so we're getting a little crazy with lightsabers what what'd you think of this scene here yeah, I, I mean, I we kind of talked a little bit about it last week when we saw this lightsaber for the first time. We kind of knew that there was something else, something else yeah. about it, right? So, I uh, so getting the reveal that it is a, in fact also a stun blaster is uh, not that surprising. I think we were all expecting it at some point, but uh, maybe not a stun blaster. I thought it was just going to shoot regular blaster bolts or something, right? But uh, yeah. but still, I uh, very cool, uh, uh, very fun. Um, Ezra is a different kind of of Jedi um, in a different age, mm-hmm. so I so obviously his lightsaber is going to reflect that, um, and and I think that that uh, you know even down to the sound right I mean we kind of heard the sound of it at the oh, end yeah. of the last episode right and it has its own unique sound um, and that 
that in and of itself uh, is is a cool aspect of it. But then we see here that that it also it's got it's got these little. I, I don't think that that's all the surprises either. I, I think, think there's that more. There's something else. I, I think yeah. it's going to do something else as well. So yeah, because um, it looks a little bit like there's a lot of hinges and stuff on it. So it looks like maybe it can do something. Something else. Um, so. Hmm. so yeah, I, I I liked it. I I thought it was cool. I liked the whole sort of I uh, I uh, uh, old west standoff sort of feel to it yeah um, that's true right that was a cool aspect and then chopper kind of stole the show in this in this last part of the episode with his little bit of like sort of rolling off screen and then coming back in to to push the canister and, and <laughs> yeah. get it onto the that show. was good yeah yeah, yeah. And you know what too before i finish it up here is is you know what i sometimes i forget you know ezra's just like he's like a teenager and, and if i was in his position sure i would I'd be like, hey, man, I, I got this new lightsaber. Kanan gave me the blessing, said, hey, good job. You know, I, I built this thing. It, it works. Yeah. Man, I want to just use this thing, man. I, I, you can't you can't fault him for that. He wanted to just jump in right into the fight and, and uh, see how his skills would uh, would fare against people like this. So, But, of course, like I said, you know, Kanan's thinking of the overall purpose here, and, and uh, we can't kind of let ourselves yeah. out like that. So uh, I'll finish up here. Lando admits that he doesn't have the credits he promised to pay Kanan and Hera, but he does return Chopper as promised. The ghost crew return to their ship, and all are pleasantly surprised to find the canister of fuel that Chopper stole from Calrissian. As Lando watches the ghost take off, he tells his puffer pig that he lied about not having credits because he knew all along that they took his fuel and he waves goodbye uh, to his new friends as they disappear into the night sky. Don't worry, my small metal friend. We shall meet again. What well, happened? I saved your circus. Isn't that apology enough? So that's it? We just walk away without the creds? Huh? I got Chopper back. I'm looking for a positive here. There are a lot of things we couldn't accomplish without him. You should appreciate that more. I always appreciated you, Sabine. Yes, Ezra, I know. Of course, we still need food and fuel. Oh, hey, Chopper stole Lando's fuel. You mean he was playing Lando the whole time? Of course I knew they took the fuel. That's why I didn't pay them. A gambler never shows his card. Till we meet again. And there we go, Mike. What do you think? Do you think we're actually ever going to see Lando again? I mean, I know that it seemed like uh, Billy D was pretty excited to do the thing, but do uh, you think we'll see him again? Oh, yeah. I think we'll probably yeah. see him again before the season's out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, that, that he's, uh, he, I don't know if he'll be a staple character quite, but, uh, but I think that we can expect to see him on a regular basis. Um, uh, maybe he'll be kind of like the Hondo of this series that mm -hmm. when they need something, they'll, they'll go to Lando. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 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 for one think that would be fantastic cause I really enjoyed his return. Uh, uh, to the Star Wars galaxy, even if it is before we saw him first. Uh, but uh, I, I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed the character, and uh, and I'm looking forward to maybe getting a few more adventures with him. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Look, behind the scenes stuff, man, it looked like he was having a blast. Uh, all the cast and crew were like, "Oh man, it's Lando here," you know. And it's, it was really cool to see them so excited. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to see him again. I thought he was part, a great part of the show, and I didn't like it as much as you did, but definitely appreciated some of the the comedic moments and uh, his performance in it. So mm-hmm. that uh, that kind of wraps up this show. Uh, what's going on? What's going on next? Uh, next show uh, coming up. And the next episode of Star Wars Rebels, it is entitled Vision of Hope. And this one is, looks like it's going to be more centered, uh, again, around Kanan and, and Ezra. And Ezra doing some uh, training. And here's a quick uh, taste of what you're going to see next time on Rebels. So, Mike, what we got there was, uh, as you're listening to that, is, uh, you know, Hera, not Hera, but Sabine and, and uh, Zeb are kind of shooting at um, probably stun, you know, stun bolts at, uh, at Ezra as he's yeah. deflecting him and he's got the helmet on. Uh, but you also heard him talk about Senator and Ezra obviously feeling um, some things possibly in the future. So very very interesting what do you think about the senator thing you have any clues of who that could be no i i i think maybe the senator was that other voice that we were hearing so don't right, expect right. to see you know princess leia or anything but right, right. i but yeah i i think i a very vague uh, uh preview for the next episode yeah so we don't definitely. really know what's going on yeah but uh but i'm sure that it's going to be exciting as always yeah and uh just for those who may not have seen um we're actually not coming back until is it february 2nd yeah 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 it's a little bit of a break so, so another little uh, break here yeah 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 which it would be nice if we could get a few episodes in a row maybe but uh hopefully coming up we will uh, we've got what uh, uh, six episodes left, right? Uh, I or maybe even seven because we we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, they StarWars dot com and and uh, I like all sort of the official channels don't really consider Spark of Rebellion to be the first episode, right? They consider it to be a little mini movie event. Um, <clears throat> And so we know that we're supposed to get, we're supposed to get what, 16 episodes? Or 16. 16. 16 episodes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, we, as we count it, this is number 10, but as they're counting it, this is number nine. So maybe right. we have seven more episodes. Maybe we have six more episodes left, but there are more than seven weeks between now and Star Wars Celebration. Right. So that means they got a kind of piece these out a little bit right, right um but guaranteed we will be seeing the season finale of star wars rebels before star wars celebration right so 
Uh, because we know that because we know that we're seeing the season premiere of season two at Star Wars Celebration. So, right. uh, so yeah, uh, we kind of, kind of, you can kind of sp- space it out and see how it's going to roll there. But it sounds like the next three episodes are kind of connected. Mm-hmm. So I think that we'll probably get when we come back, we'll get those three episodes in a row, and then maybe another break, and then, and then um, finish maybe up. maybe the last three of the season. So right, um, sort of finish things up. But I uh, but yeah, why time will tell. We'll have to see. We don't really know a lot. We've really just got titles for a few of the episodes. We don't even have episode descriptions yet. Right. Uh, no. No. Exactly. Yeah. So so we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I'm yeah. sure a new a new Star Wars Insider will come out soon that'll have all of that information in it. Yeah, the um, rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably at the beginning of February. So, I uh, that does it for yes, us this that's week, it. though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, you can find all of the latest and greatest in Star Wars Rebels news at rebelspodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. Uh, the other great way to stay in touch is to check out thunderquack.com and to follow Thunderquack on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash thunderquack, and Twitter uh, at thunderquack, uh, thunderquacknet? I think that's what the Twitter is. I'm pretty sure that's the Twitter. Um, and, of course... Uh, if you want to support uh, the Rebels podcast and the rest of our great podcasts at Thunderquack Podcast Network, you can head to patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, pick yourself up a reward while you're at it. Uh, mm-hmm. We would love to see you in the Facebook uh, uh, Thunderquack Patreon Club. Uh, so uh, pledge at the $5 level or above and receive that. And there's lots of great rewards on there. Uh, and, uh, and, and one of the great things about Patreon is that it's an evolving platform. Uh, rewards will come and go and, uh, and, and there'll be new stuff when there's new stuff to be rewarded and, and when we come up with cool different ideas. So even if there's not something up there right now, I, I always be checking back at, at, at our Patreon campaign to see what is going on there and uh, and if you uh, if you want to take advantage of one of those rewards but uh, that does it for yeah. us this week I uh, thank you guys for listening uh, as always and uh, and we will see you in a couple of weeks to talk a vision of hope yes yeah, see you guys next time
You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.